0: We give participants in a wide range of social change work a chance to take a longer view as they talk about what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. On this week's show, I will be speaking with Jean-Claude Basque. New Brunswick is a small province, not a terribly wealthy one, and in some ways at least somewhat conservative. And as is true across our society, whose social relations create and depend on significant inequality, its residents include plenty of people who live in poverty. Wherever there are people living in poverty, there is struggle against it. In New Brunswick, one significant vehicle through which that has happened in recent years is the New Brunswick Common Front for Social Justice, an organization that brings together unions, community groups, and individuals. It came out of struggles against changes to unemployment insurance in the 1990s, and it continues today to focus on the multiple experiences grouped under poverty, with campaigns around the minimum wage, social assistance, employment insurance, and pay equity. Basque is the Provincial Coordinator of the Common Front, and he talks to me about the origins of the organization, the context in which it operates, and what it's doing today to fight poverty in New Brunswick. I spoke with him via Skype to phone from
1: Moncton. I'm Jean-Claude Basque, the Provincial Coordinator of the New Brunswick Common Front for Social Justice. I'm from uh, a family that was poor, so I know the issue and I'm sensitive to the issue. Part of my working life was uh, a different job, but uh, especially as an orderly in a hospital for about 10 years in Moncton. And that's when I got involved in uh, the labor movement at that time. I was always involved on social justice issue, like peace issue. But working in an environment that was unionized, I became a member of CUPE at that time. After working about 10 years, I changed job and became a representative with the Canadian Labour Congress for the Atlantic region here. So that's kind of where I come from. Part of my interest has always been in uh, defending workers, people that are more vulnerable in society. And I guess that comes from, one, the personal experience Secondly, the ideology that I have that society should be taking care of everybody. But to do so, a lot of times you need organization. And there's always a segment of people in society that's not organized, that don't have a voice, or if they have a voice, it's not heard too much. So that's why I'm involved in the New Brunswick Common Front for Social Justice. The Common Front is a provincial bilingual organization, and it's the largest one in New Brunswick, that's working directly on poverty issue. So we have four main issues that we're working on. One is on people that are at low wages, mainly people at minimum wage. So we're looking at increasing minimum wage. The other issue is, of course, social assistance, because that's part of the large population that is living in poverty the third one is unemployment insurance and the last one is pay equity so that's kind of our main focus because that's where the bulk of people living in poverty are now this year we're starting to talk more about uh, student poverty and poverty for the artists and also uh, seniors so This is kind of the portrait of who's living in poverty in New Brunswick. The Common Fund came out of the big campaign regarding the last unemployment insurance cutbacks in 1996-97. So in New Brunswick, that was a major campaign. We had committees all uh, through the province. There was all kinds of rallies uh, almost each week. And it's a campaign that mobilized quite a number of people, which was effective also. The end result, of course, we didn't win, uh, but at the next federal election, New Brunswick elected two NDP for the first time. But after this campaign, the militant, the activists at the time said, okay, we need to continue on issues related to poverty. And that's when the Common Front was founded. The campaign on EI, it continued being the link between labor and social activists. So that's why the co-chair of Common Front has always been one from labor and one from community group or people that are living in poverty. And our structure, the provincial council reflects that also. One-third of the seats are for labor, one-third for community organization, and one-third from people living in poverty or the general public. At the beginning, there was not one-third of the provincial council that was reserved for individual, and that changed oh, three, four years ago. Right at the start, we recognized that link that was important, and we put it into our structure and it's working well in that sense so the campaign, the issues, they don't disappear because of this link.
0: Tell me a bit about the political context in New Brunswick. How supportive or hostile do you find the broader public to the kinds of issues that the Common Front works on?
1: You have to remember the province here especially in the last four or five years like other province, because of the economic crisis in 2008-2009, the province is not too much in a good shape financially and has not been able to pick up, partly because of the economic situation in the United States, because part of our economy is on exportation and tourism. So that has hurt and still is hurting the economy. So on one side, the public is conscious that technically there's not a lot of money for a new programs. On the other hand, the last Liberal government has reduced income tax for individuals and corporations. So, that's where the province has lost millions of dollars. So, one of our campaigns was fighting to increase the income tax and this government has returned partly to the amount of income tax we were paying before. So the atmosphere publicly is kind of conservative on one side. The other side is there's more and more a recognition that poverty is costing also society money. We had the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternative from Nova Scotia a year and a half ago to a year that did a study on how much it was costing the province, the issue of having so many people living in poverty. So that has kind of opened the eyes of politicians and of some of the people that are drawing policies. And I think that has changed a little bit. The other part is that we have poverty reduction plan in the province. Uh, we have a lot of criticism around it. But on the other hand, because there is this plan with objective, the issue of poverty has been kept in the public eye. So, on that side, something that's positive, the Common Front has been pushing and lobbying for a number of years publicly. So, the public is getting more of a sense that poverty has to be addressed. It's become more an urgent issue. So, there's a positive aspect to it. Of course, there's the economic reality. So we're going to see in the upcoming year if this kind of positive aspect of addressing poverty is going to be translated in actual increase in minimum wage, actual increase in social assistance rate, actual new program, public program.
0: I think I'd like to move into hearing a bit more about some of the specific campaigns. Why don't we start with the campaign around the minimum wage? What's that involved so far?
1: About two years ago, the province wanted to increase the minimum wage and the CFIB, Canadian Federation of Independent, did a big lobbying public campaign against it. What they were looking for was to have the regular minimum wage and the minimum wage for students, one for people that had tips and one for workers that were in training. So we did a public campaign at the time, we did a news conference, we published a document countering their argument, we made a presentation in front of the minimum wage board, we talked to MLAs and we had a number of organizations that are supporting our effort. So at the end, we won that. The government didn't put a two-tier minimum wage, and they went ahead with the increase of the minimum wage, even if they just increased it six months later. But on the minimum wage side, since then, they haven't moved. They haven't indexed the minimum wage, and they were supposed to do it through the poverty reduction plan. That was one of the objectives. They haven't done it. So the minimum wage, last time it increased, was in September 2011, and it has not moved Till we're in the middle of the other provinces regarding the minimum wage of $10 an hour. Nova Scotia raised it to $10.30. So what we're going to do, and that's what we're proposing right now to the provincial government, and uh, we're going to push it is to increase the minimum wage at $0.25 cents an hour for the next four years so that at least people that are minimum wage would not lose their purchasing power. So this is part of the push on reducing poverty. We thought this government would keep increasing the minimum wage, but like I said, because of the intense lobbying by CFIB, they're really not doing anything right now. We put forward publicly our uh, proposal, that's one thing. Uh, next week, we're going to have a panel discussion with all the political party. So we're going to ask them if they support this uh, proposal. We're certainly going to meet some of the key MLAs in the upcoming year. So this is what we're going to do to push this issue.
0: And tell me about the social assistance campaign.
1: Well, this is kind of an ongoing campaign because nothing had moved too much since quite a while, especially since 2008. Again, it's trying to get more of the information out what's the situation of people living in poverty. You have to remember New Brunswick welfare rates are one of the lowest of all the provinces and that has been for years. No, it's going to be difficult to follow if there's any change because the federal government has canceled the National Council on Welfare, which was giving us each year an overview of what was the welfare situation in different provinces. But when you look at the figures in 2009, it's clear we were part of the lowest of all the provinces. So. Partly on this campaign is to get the public understanding what the situation people are living. Uh, Secondly, is to try to mobilize people that are living in poverty on this issue. And anybody that has worked on social justice, social issues, It's difficult because when you're living day to day, your priority is just to try to keep your head above the water. So it's difficult to get mobilized. But with the common front, like I said, we have the key members in the province. So we're going to hold regional workshop on this issue plus the issue of the upcoming election and getting people to realize what each political party is proposing to reduce poverty is specifically for people that are on social assistance. What we have been pushing also is for public program. And as we know, public program is good for everybody, but it's more so for people that are living in poverty. Public program like kindergarten, like for seniors, breakfast in school, these are some of the proposals that we're pushing forward. So we'll see how this is picked up by politicians, by political party, by the media doing publicity around it. And of course, ourselves, like we're going to push it through our membership. Anybody that's on welfare has to go through hoops. The policy are, of course, restrictive. Again, because we have a poverty reduction plan, part of the plan was to revise all these policies. Well, it hasn't happened yet. They have revised a certain number of them, but not far enough. And the reality here, out of the 40,000, there's almost 7,000 that are considered that are considered disabled, but in the other 32,000, 33,000. There's quite a number of people that are in that category that should be recognized as having an handicap or a change category. But that's difficult to get the government to recognize that. And the board that's looking at these beneficiaries is really restrictive, so it's difficult for them to change. So, yes, we have a lot of policies that are making life really difficult for people living on social assistance. And, of course, you have this mentality of considering people living in social assistance as abusers and all that. And you have had that all through the country. Now, what was supposed to happen through this poverty reduction plan was a public campaign against prejudice on people living in poverty, and that didn't happen, and we've been pushing for it because you need to change also the attitude around people that are living in poverty if we want to convince also the politician to make change. One goes with the other. So that's partly what's missing, is a real public campaign to attack the myths regarding people's own social assistance, but also the myths around poverty. The Common Front has, last year, come out with a leaflet about six or seven myths around poverty, and we distributed it as wide as we could. We met the Department of Social Development, we met with the uh, ombudsman, trying to convince them that they should push a campaign around these Smith, but they didn't buy it.
0: So tell me about the ongoing campaign around employment insurance.
1: The campaign in 1996-97, since then there was almost nothing, like the federal government didn't move too much on unemployment insurance. So last year or the year before, they had brought in major, major change to the budget, not the last budget, the one before. So these changes are affecting the same people that it did in 1996-97, which is, first of all, the region like the Atlantic region. Secondly, all workers, but more specifically, workers that are in seasonal industry. So again, who mobilized at the beginning was individuals that were not organized, that that were around the fishery tourism industry. They had organized uh, rallies. Then we, uh, the Common Front and others, we said, well, we need to get more involved and try to structure more this resistance. So we did what we had done in '96. We put regional committee in place. There's about eight or nine that are active that had organized last winter, this spring, the rallies, uh, public meeting, getting the information out and we're keeping each group together through conference call or face-to-face meeting. Now, all through summer, nothing happened because everybody was returning to work, but we're going to have a conference call with all these groups again next week. It's no magic bullet how you do it. It's really you need to put committees in place, and they're the ones that are closest to the issue and they mobilize people in their region and that's for us the more effective way to put pressure on the politician. Now the the part here in the Atlantic region, because it's affecting the whole region, we were able to put enough pressure that the four premiers of the Atlantic region decided to do a common front. They have put together a kind of a study committee That is going to look at the impact of these changes on community, on the province, on individual. So this committee is supposed to hold, we're pushing them for public meeting. There's quite a big uh, resistance with, but they're certainly going to have what they call stakeholders meeting on this issue was supposed to happen this month. It's been pushed back, which is good for us in a sense because we want to have more of a sense-west impact that it is having on workers. In the summer, this summer, we came out with a postcard that we distributed to tourism, saying, well, seasonal industry is important for the economy, but important also for us. If you're able to get services, is because there's people working, and but they're working in seasonal industry. So it was one way of trying to reach out to the tourists that are coming to the province and get them to understand the issue. So we, we're using different method of passing the message, but also keeping the public focus on what's happening.
0: And how is the common front involved in the pay equity issue?
1: Really, the pay equity, we're just kind of supporting the New Brunswick Pay Equity Coalition, which is a provincial organization, bilingual organization again, that is mainly driven by women, which, which as it should be. And the Common Front is one of our issue, but it's really as a supportive organization to another one. We haven't done much on that issue. The aim of the campaign is to bring it to the non-public sector, uh, like kindergarten, homeless shelter, and also to bring it in the private sector, which the legislation doesn't entail the private sector. So the bulk of the campaign, again, for the pay equity coalition is to convince the government to extend the legislation
0: you mentioned earlier the challenges of mobilizing people who are living in poverty. Tell me a bit about the approaches that the Common Front and the member groups of the Common Front have used to try and mobilise people in that situation.
1: The main way we have tried to do it is when we have a campaign is to organize public meeting in the different region of the province. And we have done that a number of times through our network of either members or member group, but it's limited how many you can reach on one part. And also, because we don't have staff, we're all a volunteer organization, There's, there's this real limitation of what you can do. So we try to either public forum that we have organized where we subsidize for people to come for travel subsidy Or when we have provincial forum, we subsidize also the room. But again, that's limited. The reality is, and I know what it is because I lived in poverty, is when you live in poverty, you're too much focused on trying to survive. So the bigger issue of society, the bigger issue of how can we change the situation is not a real priority. And that's the reality that us or other organizations, be it in New Brunswick or elsewhere, are facing. The other aspect in New Brunswick, New Brunswick, the small province, but also it's kind of a conservative mentality, and that doesn't help. And the third part also, because in the province we have French and English, When you organize activities, most of the time you need to have either translation, and that costs money if you want to bring people together. So these are specific barriers that is impeding the process of getting people involved. The reality also in Brunswick, the literacy level is really low. So the whole issue of trying to reach people to printed material is, again, kind of a difficulty. So there's real challenges for an organization to mobilize and to reach out when you have a limited budget. That's why we have decided a number of years ago to put more emphasis on working provincially and linking to people that are living in poverty through either public meeting or this forum or summit that we have organized through the year. It's one way of reaching it, but it's certainly not the most effective one. And we recognize that that's a limitation that exists for us, but I think for a lot of organizations that are working on the issue of social justice. When you want to mobilize people that are vulnerable, you need a lot of resources.
0: You touched on the expense of translating material, what are some of the other ways that the particular language profile of New Brunswick makes the work that you do more complicated and what are some of the ways that you deal with that?
1: Yeah, thats it's always a challenge. First of all, all our public documents, we have them translated. And that's a big cause for the organization like us or any other organization that does it. But we consider it's important to reach to as many New Brunswickers as possible in that way. So our documents are translated. When we do public meetings, like a forum we're having next week, we have simultaneous interpretation. The public of the organization it's possible to do it. It costs money, but it's possible. Where it becomes more difficult is when you have like our monthly conference call. Well, part of our provincial board, some are English, some are French, some understand both languages, but some don't. So the reality is most of these conference calls are done in English. So that doesn't help if you're French and that's your only language you understand. When you have provincial board meeting, again, Mm -hmm. that's, Always an issue, but when it's face to face, it's a lot easier because we can translate what we call shoulder to shoulder. We can explain what's been said, somebody can say it in French or in English, and we can translate It's still a, a reality, but it's less difficult than in the conference call. So that's how we work like the day to day. so everything that goes out publicly is translated but internally, well, the the minutes we translate also, but when it comes to the verbal communication, it's more of a problem. And the common front is faced with that, but other organizations are faced also. Some organizations decide, well, they just will do it in one language, but us, we consider it. If we want to involve and include everybody, well, we have to do it in both languages.
0: You have been listening to my interview with Jean-Claude Basque, the Provincial Coordinator of the New Brunswick Common Front for Social Justice. To learn more about their work, you can visit their website at frontnb.ca. That's all one word, frontnb.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to make suggestions about topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link marked Radio.